Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda Woulda Shoulda where I focus on not living in regret and forming high functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Good morning world, Shelly Shearer here and welcome to the show. I want to talk today about following your instincts. And it was interesting because I opened the um, meditation book today and I'm just going to read it. It's not... It's on the same lines. I have a story to tell you about something that happened to us this week. And I really hope you'll walk away with the lesson of why it's so important to listen to that feeling in your gut. You know, you are so equipped as a human being to recognize when things are right or not right. If you'll just kind of open up energetically and kind of be clear on your feelings and be in alignment with your own energy and your own frequency, it's amazing what you can pick up with other people. So today on October 10th, uh, today's thing said, we are transmitters and receivers. We are a finely tuned instrument, body, mind, and soul. We receive messages, we receive guidance, and we transmit energy, the energy of love. When we become off-center, we become like two-way radios whose tuners aren't on the right frequency. We aren't receiving or transmitting clearly. We hear and feel the static. Often, instinctively, that's when we start broadcasting more loudly. You know what it's like when you're talking to someone in, or from a different language or uh, perhaps they don't hear really well. You figure you're going to get the point across by just speaking louder and talking slower. Yeah, we all know that doesn't work, but we've all seen foreigners do it. I've been in other countries and have been mortified of what English-speaking people will do in foreign countries to try and get people to understand them. It's like, seriously? It's not their language. But anyways, my little segue. Uh, So now is not the time to crank up the volume, says says the book today. Take the time you need to get centered, to get peaceful. What do you need to do? What do you need to feel? What healing resources do you need to utilize? What's your voice, your quiet, trustworthy inner voice, the one that speaks to your heart urging you to do? To do what? That's sort of a personal question to you. Taking time to get centered and peaceful isn't selfish. It's not a waste of time. When we're receiving clearly, we transmit clearly. And the frequency we use is love. Now for me, it's probably love and trust. And the reason I wanted to read that to you today and kind of get your mind on that is I work fairly hard at trying to stay centered and because I'm a very high-strung person, a very A-type personality, um, so for someone like with my personality, I am, you know, wanting to be aware. And so I consciously am always looking for ways to sort of rein myself in, calm myself down and to be in tune because so many things in my life have happened that honestly, if I had to just listen to my gut or were, wasn't blinded by unconscious or limiting beliefs, you know, grow Growing up as a young adult, I really had a terrible need to be accepted. I felt very insecure in a lot of areas of my life. Things to that friends of mine today just look at me and shake their head going, seriously? Uh, yeah, yes, I did. And these things, we all have them. Some are just bigger than others. 
these things inhibit us from sort of listening to that inner voice, you know, the third eye, God speaking to us. You can call it whatever you like. Um, and when you look back on your life and in circum circumstances, come on, almost everyone's got them. You think to yourself, oh, I knew that. I knew it and I just shouldn't have done it or I should have done that. Well, here's the story I want to tell you. And also, if it just if it can help you in, in a situation of not getting involved in this, even better. But ma- mainly it's just, here's what can happen when you really don't have a lot to go on. My husband and I have a rental suite in the home that we live in now. And it's wonderful because this income that pays our mortgage payment allows us to live in a beautiful home with a large yard, which, uh, you know, half an acre type yard, which that sort of privacy and lifestyle would not be available to us if we just lived in a small city home or a condo or apartment or a townhouse, which is, you know, what we seriously considered doing when I got sick and uh, had to sell our custom built home. So this really is like a win-win. It gave us everything we wanted and allowed us to stay in our neighborhood. But as with every compromise in life, because life is full of them every day, you know, even if you live in a great house in a great neighborhood, you don't get to choose your neighbors, just like you don't get to choose your family. There's always, you know, can be good and, and bad in any situation. But for us, we choose to see the good in it. But at the same token, this is our home. And we don't want just anybody living in it. So for the first two and a half years that we owned it, we left the renters that came with the house in place. Some of you know this, you're my regular listeners, you sort of know the story. And then last summer, I, um, so basically about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I gave the renter upstairs five months notice and we wanted, I wanted to move upstairs. Upstairs desperately needed renovating, but upstairs is where there's light and an open floor plan, but it also was the least nicest of the three suites because I guess right from the people we bought it for, from, it was a rental suite. They lived in the main floor of the house. Actually, the main floor used to be two suites, but it was one of the suites was decommissioned and by the city when, when um, the prior owner owned the place, we knew this going into it. It was nothing for us to, to worry about. But the bottom line is I have three front doors and three separate suites, but we lived in the whole basement. So now that we've done this, we took in students last year. Some of you are aware of that situation. I loved the exchange students, but they were not a good fit for my life. That is not something you do in order to really bring extra income into the house. You, I think you really need to have a spirit for it and a heart for that. Uh, it might bring in a few extra hundred dollars if you're already raising your children and give your children an amazing uh experience of exposure to foreign cultures, that sort of thing, and vice versa. I think it's more of a calling. So I loved my girls. I mean, I love my girls that used to come visit and I had a girl and I had a boy for a while as well, but never two at once, which would have actually made things easier. But anyways, that was a lot of work and very exhausting for where I was in my life right now. Because that's not where I wanted my focus to be. But I figured I was at home anyways. What did it matter? Well, you know what? When you haven't had kids at home for over a decade, you forgot. You forget exactly how used you are to your time being your own. And me with my fibromyalgia, when I have a bad day and it's a sick day, you know, I, I still had to get up and make lunches, breakfast, dinner, and take kids to school and da 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 you're, you're just never off it. You are a parent again. Okay. So we gave that little experiment a chance for a year. Then we moved upstairs and we've kept one half of the basement because it is, it does have a kitchen. Uh, we just use it as our bar and a storage. Cause I 
I can. <laughs> there is our TV room, my office is in a, in a guest room. So what we did was we put the door back on between the two suites in the basement. And the other suite has laundry and a private bathroom and everything, but it doesn't have a full kitchen. And the entrance foyer is common space. And it's furnished. And I wasn't willing to go back to having just strangers and like full-time renters, families, you know, no saying what goes on in my own house type idea. So we've gone to adult students and we've decided to have furnished rentals for adult students. And so far it's working out fantastically. This really is lovely because they're usually younger people that maybe haven't lived on their own and they're looking for a little support, uh, but they want their independence. They're completely independent. You know, they're, the kitchen, we finished it so it's completely useful. It just doesn't have an actual stove, but there's still everything they need, especially that age demographic, to, you know, cook a pizza and have a microwave and that sort of thing. So they're, they're, they're great. Big thing for a lot of these kids is they just want private bedrooms, a TV room, and laundry which that suite has all of that. They don't care that the entrance for you is common space. They have a door they lock and go in, go in at night and they don't have to see me and I don't have to see them. So it, it's working out really, really well. But here's the deal. We have two bedrooms and one fell through because an exchange student uh, from Barbados didn't get her funding and she had to cancel at the last minute. So we didn't have a renter for September like we were supposed to. So now up go the ads again, and I get a call from, or an email from a quote-unquote young lady in England. Everything about the set, by the time we were on the second email, everything about it just had my spidey tinglys set set off. Now, because we'd had a bad experience with the renter we let go last year, it's amazes, it never ceases to amaze me how people will take advantage never raised her rent. Um, she was paying like $300 less than the market value. And yet when it, and we gave her lots of notice, five months. And yet when it came time for her to go, she came to us and said, I don't have to pay you. The Tennessee Act says, you know, if you give me notice, I don't have to pay you the last month's rent and you get, I get to live here for free. I'm like, that's funny because I'm pretty sure my mortgage is still due. So it was a very uncomfortable situation. As it turned out, luckily I had some things in place that allowed me to be legally in the right and we were able to get rid of her. But it was a battle and it was a war zone in her house. And it was just Keith, my husband was just like, we are never doing that again. Like it's just, it was, it was so awful to have your home, which is a sanctuary for my husband and I, our home is just not a place to live. I'm a nester, you know, by nature, you know, though some people just, I nest. If I go to a hotel room, I unpack and I nest. I could never truly be one of those people that lives out of a, a footlocker or a, um, a go bag. It's just, it's so not who I am. I admire people that can be, but I just can't. I am a nester and my home is, is very important to me and having peace in my home, paramount, paramount. So this whole situation really turned us off, gave us a, it hurt us. It was a bad feeling, but what do you do? These are life's, you know, these are life's choices and we made choices and didn't really sort of follow the letter of the law. We should have put more things legally in place, but we did the handshake thing, you know? Oh, you know what? We trust people. Keith and I are both very trustworthy people. You can trust us, but we put our trust in people as well. Has that bitten me in the butt? Yes, many times. But even, excuse me, during my worst hurts and disappointments, I realized a few years ago that I would rather be a person that loses every now and then, but trusts all the time, than never trust anyone and never wins. Like I just completely came to that conclusion. Nothing's perfect. 
But what I did want to do was learn to hone my ability to sense when things were off. And that really comes from knowing yourself and being open. People are energetic. Also, I'm in business, so I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you a few things that were going on in these emails that just, just didn't quite fit. So I get this email, young lady would like to rent our place. I ask questions. By the third or fourth email now, we've been going back and forth. She's never fully answering my question. She'll answer one, not answer the next two. Her name changed when I questioned her on it, when I caught it and I realized, hang on a second, that's not what she said her name was. Um, she said, oh, it's just a nickname. She's supposed to be in London. Her uncle in Canada is supposed to be sponsoring her. So he's going to cover her rent for a couple of months and get her situated and get, get her a job. Then a few emails later, she's in Scotland, not London, like she said she was going to school. And she's okay. The uncle is not in Canada for me to talk to. He is in Barbados on assignment. Really? <laughs> Sentence structure was just off. Punctuation was appalling. Now, in all fairness, I have some cousins in England and I swear to God, they type phonetically. Like they're just, it's just laziness. It's just, we all do it sometimes, but the younger generation now I notice there's just not attention being paid to the English language and the formality of, of it when you're actually trying to do business. It's like, guys, that's just not acceptable. Finally got an email for the uncle in a name and the email was some weird Gmail account, you know, that, you know, call John, call me John Shepherd at gmail.com, like something ridiculous that a grown businessman would never have. Okay, fine. Then the last thing comes the nail in the coffin. So I, by the, you know, third or fourth email now, I tell my husband, I think there's something left to center here. Just honey, I don't have peace. My stomach, even as I'm telling you this story on the podcast, guys, my tummy's a little upset. There's just a sense of, um, not quite right. Little nausea, little, you know, everyone's body speaks to them to a different way. For me, it's always in my gut. So if I'm feeling nauseous and my head's aching, about a situation, I really pay attention to it now. Plus my intuition, I've got pretty good intuition a lot of the time. And when I ignore it, I know it and I regret it. And I really am working harder in life to not ignore that sixth sense when you just think something's not quite right. You know how you know when someone's standing behind you, even though you can't see them? That's what I'm talking about. That's quote unquote sense. So anyways, this goes on. I've now talked to him and every day she checks in with me and asks me some inane question. Then she finds me on WhatsApp. Now, all of this I've gone to research. She's nowhere on social media. There's no Instagram. There's no Facebook. So I finally ask her for a picture and some references and she sends me five selfies all in different, you know, arrays of hair and makeup. Who's, I just needed a picture. <laughs> uh, who sends five selfies? So again, I'm thinking she's young. Okay. And this is the next generation. But at the same token, again, things just aren't feeling right. So I go to the homestayfinder.com website, which is an, not an agency. It's just a putting people together type website. So you do have to do due diligence. And I looked up to see if they had any, uh, you know, articles on scams and what could be wrong here. And they didn't have a lot, a few things that didn't relate to me whatsoever. But the one was that caught my eye was people will rent and then they will send you too much money, ask you to take the rent, keep the money for them when they arrive and return it to them when they come. I said, okay, that's weird. 
the very next email the next day, that was the scam. She came back to me saying, my uncle is sending you $3,400. I was only supposed to be getting 800 plus 1200 at the most with a damage deposit. First month's rent, damage deposit. And, uh, and would you please hang on to the money because I'll need to get a cell phone and everything when I get there. So these people sent a complete stranger $3,400. And I went, and there's the scam. Now, it had already been almost a full week of communication where just nothing was feeling right here. Anyway, so what happened? We put the we put the ad. I just told her, you know, she asked me that I take the ads down. I said, there's absolutely no way the ads are coming down to the money's in hand and the lease is signed. There was some excuse about her not being able to open the lease. Uh, because we, we, you know, we unfortunately lost two months rent with our, with what happened in September. We didn't take a deposit and that sort of thing. So we were not going to fall for this again and just had to protect ourselves. Like I say, there's trust and then you just, business is still business. So I said, absolutely not. Young lady, I said, I'm not taking anything down until the money has arrived. And I says, but you know what? You, you were first there and, and if it works out, it works out. So I just sort of played it along. I even emailed the uncle and he emailed me back. He sounded a bit more professional, but not by much. Then a young man came to look at the suite last weekend. Everything about him said, this is perfect. Even my husband, we both met him. We asked all the questions we needed to ask, but right out of the gate, you know, I just had that feeling of this is okay. His references checked out, everything's great. So he's moving in on the weekend. The young lady keeps emailing me or texting me or WhatsApping me every day now. She did find me on WhatsApp. And, uh... Check hasn't arrived. Check arrived today. The check is written on a Vancouver hotel by HSBC Canada. That's a local bank for us. Well, do people not think I'm not going to phone? So I phone up the hotel and say, hey, this is the situation. This check. Did you write this to me? And they're like, no, ma'am. But they knew they had a scam. She says, we know that we have some fake checks from our company circulating out there because we've heard about it already. Please be cautious. So she says, could you scan it and send it to us? So I send it to their accounting department. We'll deal with all that. This is a fairly large chain hotel. So no problem. I'm an accountant. I know who to talk to about this kind of stuff. So all of this has happened. And so now we have to go back to these scam artists. So there's no way they're not scam artists. But right out of the gate, I had a feeling. Do you know how often that will save you in life? And I know it's really tough, especially if you're a person that's just learning about awareness and about faith. If this is not something that's really comfortable in your life, you might be listening to this going, yep, I don't see how that's going to work. It's like learning to meditate for the first time. You know, you get 13 seconds and your mind's going blah, 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 and you're like, I can't do this. I can't. How do people meditate? Well, with practice (laughs) and learning to do anything requires practice. So learning to listen to your intuition requires practice. Now, the sad part is it's like learning patience. Unless God in the universe put a million things in front of you to teach you patience, if you're not a patient person by nature, hello, pick me. The only way to learn is through practice, which means you have to keep going through circumstances over and over again. So man, let me tell you, when you want to, when you tell the world you want to learn a lesson, learn it fast because the universe will just keep throwing it at you until it knows you've got it covered. So practicing listening to your inner voice is just learning like learning any other skill. So don't despair and don't give up. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes. Oh my goodness. 
Should I maybe a spidey tingly should have gone off with the renter in September? Except we still talk on Facebook and, and I've spoken to her on the phone. She's lovely. It just was a, you know, we didn't do due diligence uh, as far as taking a deposit and she didn't get her funding. You know what? It couldn't be helped. But at the same token, I sort of wasn't doing what I needed to do. But again, didn't get a bad feeling about it. So that one's still sitting on the fence for me. But here we are with another situation two months later. Strong feelings, both positive and negative on two different people. And I absolutely listened to it. I thought, what is the point of practicing self-awareness practicing being intuitive and then when the universe is screaming at you to warn you about something you shut it all down and say it's all hooey I don't believe you oh it's kind of counterintuitive I gotta say okay so that's my little fun story for the day of uh the crazy what kills me is that one people have far too much time in their hands two that someone would really go to all this bother for a couple of thousand dollars because I would have never returned the whole amount. I only, re- I would have, in fact, I was going to keep two months rent in the damage deposits. That's 1622 So a maximum they're going to get out of me is 1200 bucks. In fact, I might've kept all three months until I knew she was settled and had a job um, and just let her prepay them. I mean, she's come, she's foreigners. This is how some of these things work. So it's, it, excuse me, sorry. So it's all just sort of interesting. So that there was that and then when I told the young man that is renting I said hey did I tell you about the young lady in the in the check and he goes no so we were he phoned me and we were chatting for a second and he'd had another scam on Craigslist when he was the renter looking for for something and told me about that and he was like when I told him the whole thing he was like man there's people out there that are smart and it's true it actually takes some brains to put this kind of scam together and I just can't help but thinking in a Pollyanna way People would just use their power for good. (laughs) What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Smarts, uh, brilliance. That's none of this is the word I'm looking for. But when you are smart, when you have a brain in your head and know how to use it, the word I'm I'm looking for, guys, is gone. I'm so sorry. You know, you all know that happens to me every now and then. Um, But intelligence is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Intelligence is a gift. It is not a, you know, and it's not to be abused. It is like anything in life. I heard my pastor like 20 years ago speak on this. He was a theologian, which I really enjoyed how he sort of gave sermons because I grew up in the hellfire and brimstone world. So just having a calm, smart man speak about life in a, in a really common sense way. I just, I just loved that pastor. And he had a a gentleman that was in our church. He was young, multimillionaire because he invented some bizarre thing for the television insecurity for kids and families that, you know, made him very, very wealthy. And so they were speaking on brilliance. He carried two or three degrees. I mean, it was just amazing. But the pastor spoke on this and so did this young man. He gave his testimony. When I say young, he was, you know, 30 with a family, with a wife and two young, young children. But like I say, he was a multimillionaire by the time he was 30. And he spoke on the fact that he considered his intelligence a gift from God and that it was his job to put that intelligence to use. And the pastor then in turn spoke on gifts and said, it's, it's the same with any gift. It can be used for evil. It can be used for, for good. It's really a choice in how you choose to use your gifts. But the bottom line is not everyone is Einstein. Um, doesn't make people bad that they're not brilliant, but there's just, you know, lots of us people that are just average, uh, but true intelligence and brilliance 
Those are a gift like anything else in life and need to be used to the benefit in my world of all mankind. Whatever your gifts are, harness them, practice them and use them for the greater good. Have a great day everyone and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.